0: Welcome to the Garbage Fire Podcast, a.k.a. MFKS Radio, on the airwaves dial at 487.52. Your pod is hosted by Kelsey and Megan, who haven't decided if they're going to live long enough to become the villain.
1: Oh. And... nope. (laughs) (laughs) The Garbage Fire Pod. The Garbage Fire Pod is all about being unironically passionate. Something, something, dive into the dumpster for the things that she loved. correct? Very good. Hooray! <laughs> Yay!
0: <laughs> we did it! We did it! Um, yeah. It's been a minute. We were going to try and do a monthly, and then summer, like, got in the way. In summer a big way. Summer
1: really got in the way. My August was bonkers. Like, I...
0: So, I went and got groceries last week, um... I think I got groceries the week that school started, too, that I had to go back as a teacher. But I went and got, like, actual groceries last week. And I think that's the first time that I spent more than, like, $40 at the grocery store since the second week of July.
1: Oh, shit. Really?
0: Well, because I... I mean, I was home in July, and I was doing stuff and teaching summer school. But I would, like, go eat at my parents' house and go hang out with friends and go to movies and whatever. And then I went away for two weeks right at the end of July, like, into the first couple weeks of August... And then I was only home for, like, four days, I think, or five days. And then I went camping. And then I came home again. And then my dad was out of town, so I went and stayed with my mom for a few days. And so she, like, looked after, you know, dinner and stuff, whatever, for me. Um, So I didn't have to buy groceries then. And then I went back to school, and we had... Like our, like we're for meetings and we had like our week and then like the Monday night of our actual first day of classes, I went and got some food and like actually had some groceries so I could like make lunch and stuff. So yeah, I was not home for a majority of August.
1: That's nuts. I feel, yeah, holy shit. To only spend that much on groceries for a whole month is pretty wild.
0: It was amazing. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. It was incredible. Um, cause that really only bought me like seven apples and a box of cereal, but like, you know, (laughs) um. (laughs) I was obviously also benefiting from, you know, my parents having purchased groceries and been responsible adults.
1: Yes, true. Oh, I have an update on apples for you. I don't know if you recall, but for most of my pregnancy, I could not eat them. Mm -hmm. Like once I got, it was like, yeah, it was past my birthday because I got two pies delivered for my birthday, which was fantastic. And then in February... I was eating one because I would wake up in the middle of the night, hungry, of course. And then go down to the kitchen, have a whole apple and a bowl of dry fruit loops, and then go back to bed. And then one morning I threw up apples, just like all morning, mm-hmm. all apples. And I was like, never again, never again, can't do it. That and quinoa, couldn't fucking do it again. And then I thought apples were cool again. About three honey crisps, was feeling great. And then yesterday... Or no, this morning. That was this morning. Threw up apples again.
0: <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh oh.
1: Not great.
0: No, that's that's not good at all. That's um, not good. No, I... Oh, that would make me really sad.
1: Yeah, oh it God, does. This... It used to be my, like, go-to fruit. Especially when I was vegetarian, like, I would have so much fruit in a day. Way more fruit than I eat now. But it was. Mm-hmm. it's just like, it's easy. You take it with you. It's transportable. Bananas are fucking disgusting. So why would I eat a banana? I got an apple mm-hmm. right here. Mhm. Can do it. Yeah,
0: it's it's true. I would take one to work every day, uh, and then by Thursday I'd have, like, three apples on my desk that I hadn't eaten them.
1: <laughs> that's, that's great, though. You take it to work, it comes home with you. You take it to work, it comes home with you.
0: Yeah. I just got to the point where I would just leave them at work. And apples are nice because, like... They last for a while. Like, mm-hmm. even though once we get them in the grocery store, they're, like, kind of at the end of their, like, end-ish of their good period. Um, you can
1: still in my get a good of, 10 days out of them, though. Easily.
0: Because yeah. in my heart of hearts, I know that that apple was actually picked last October and it's May. So I'm like, eh, it's fine.
1: <laughs> what? You don't know that? No?
0: Oh, yeah. when we get, like, BC fruit and stuff in, like, the springtime, uh, it's often from last season. Just which totally makes sense.
1: Where did where does it where does it go?
0: It gets stored in like warehouses and stuff at like optimal temperatures and they're spaced out and blah blah blah. And so they're like the ripening process like doesn't it's like they're just they're not frozen because that would kill them obviously, but they're just cold enough that like they don't turn. I don't know. I'm I'm not the I don't
1: I don't know. I feel yeah, it, like this is
0: wow. It kind of makes sense though if you think about it. Like especially here in Alberta, we live in a fucking food desert, right? 100%. Like, there's, you know.
1: I just, to be to be clear to everyone, I've had one-fifth of a gin smash, and it's hitting me very fucking hard. <laughs> so, that's probably why this is really just rocking my world
0: currently. It's possible. I took a big swig out of a uh, 500ml bottle of gin, ale and poured some rye in it, so that's where I'm at tonight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> who needs a glass?
1: Who needs a glass when you can just pour the ginger ale in your mouth and then the rye in your mouth? Well, no,
0: I put the rye <laughs> into the bottle and it just, it depends on how I'm feeling as to how much of the ginger ale I drink first before the rye goes in. <laughs> Sometimes it's like the slopy, the whole slopey part of the bottle. Other well, times it's right. not that much.
1: That's great. Yeah. I will not judge you.
0: I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm all about. <laughs>
1: Don't tell me when I'm about (laughs) son.
0: So I feel like this one's gonna be just a conversation between two people who haven't spoken in a long time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, especially because we had a plan to do it
0: Monthly, yeah.
1: But also two weeks ago.
0: Yes, and then I I had to cancel. And I had to... I, I'll, let me be honest here. So, Kelsey was in Edmonton for the Backstreet Boys concert. I had already been back at work. Um, Thursday, Friday, we had meetings. And then our kids started on Monday. And the rest of our school board, p- teachers didn't go back until the following Tuesday. But we went back three days early because we have an extra long fall break. So, we got a whole week off in November. And so, in August, for like a day or two, it sort of sucks when like all your other teacher friends are not yet back at work. Um, and then in November, when they're working and you're not, you're like, <laughs> fuck you guys. So, it's worth it. But anyway, I'd already been back at work, and on that Saturday, we hosted a football jamboree, um, where I was at work at like 8:30 ish, 8:15. I don't know that morning, uh, and by two o'clock, had put on like 12,000 steps, and then uh, just like running around, doing things, putting out fires, making sure that things were running smoothly, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then we had to like do all our cleanup and stuff. And then um, I had plans to go to an, a backyard concert with, with my friend Riva uh, at 7 o'clock. But it was on the north side. And so if we'd been able to clean up maybe just like a little bit quicker and stuff, if I could have been guaranteed, I could have maybe made it. But as it stands, I made the right choice because Riva and I just went for dinner on the north side and then we went to this concert and then I went home. Like I was in no shape.
1: Oh, it's all good. It's all good. I was able to use that time to just, like, go to WEM by myself. Yeah? And just, like, explore what's new. The new candy store is great. It's got a whole bunch of weird shit in it. Love that. Didn't buy any. Still <laughs> trying to lose that baby weight, but I enjoyed <laughs> fantasy shopping. Bought books I don't need, but did start to read. That's the eighty percent of a book that I'm done that I could potentially talk about in this episode. Oh, there you go. And then we took had a me plan four and a half hours to drive home that night, so <laughs> it all worked out
0: great. And then we had a plan to maybe over Labor Day weekend because I was in Calgary for a wedding, um, and then I was going to come down on a Saturday, and then I didn't, and I was going to stay with you, and then there was COVID, and it was just the whole thing. So we didn't. So here we are. Hi, it's podcast time. <laughs>
1: It's podcast time. To be fair, though, Megan, I don't think I actually got COVID.
0: That's okay. You know what? That's okay. I didn't want to run the risk, I, although I yeah. was thinking about it. Um, and I was like, you know, I could have COVID and have a week off work. I wouldn't complain about that.
1: I know, but I I was just trying to be like, soup. I think what, if this is what the pandemic taught us, and I think it's a hard rule that we should all stick to now, if you're sick, you don't do things. Mm-hmm. We have to be respectful to ourselves and each other. And the person I was with on the weekend spent, like, every day with her, all meals, stayed at her house. She got COVID. Mm -hmm. I did not, but I was, like, I would say regular cold. Super, super mildly sick, like, sore throat, headache, no coughing, no nothing, none of that stuff. But I was just like, I do not want to be that person who's like, yeah, it's totally fine, blah, 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 no big deal. Because I think that's a lesson that we really need to Mm -hmm. follow nowadays. Well,
0: and then, like, in the circumstance that I was in, if it had been, like, I'll be honest with you, if the wedding had been the day before, different story,
1: Absolutely,
0: but I kind of feel because it was a wedding with eighty other people on Sunday, it probably made sense.
1: Totally, uh, and I didn't to want to, not have to stay put you in you. that position. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So yeah, so we did have we did try to make podcast plans. We just failed miserably. Um, I will say this: the wedding on the Sunday of a long weekend—fucking genius. Fabulous. Let me tell you, because you still get Saturday to like do your shit, and 100%. then. You have the wedding on Sunday, and then you still get Monday to like recover your lives, which like some of us maybe needed more than others. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I went for brunch on Monday with a friend of mine who I haven't seen in a really long time down in Calgary. Uh, Where? P.S. Anyone from Calgary who's listening, go to Queens uh, Breakfast and Cocktails. It's like on Edmonton Trail. It's worth the drive from your house.
1: Where on Edmonton Trail?
0: I'll tell you that, I don't know, somewhere around 32nd Ave. Like, it's 100% worth the drive from your house. It was phenomenal. Oh, Uh, that's
1: by the shelter. I'm by there there all the time. I drive down there every single Sunday. It's, like, two minutes away from the shelter. Wow, didn't Uh, know this existed.
0: Yeah, so it's in this weird little strip mall. There's, like, an auto glass repair place.
1: I know it, exactly, yes. A Chinese
0: restaurant and, like, a little, like, gym. And so, yeah, it's a very strange location. And, man, the food was so good. So I met my buddy and his... 10 year old daughter there. Um, he had texted the night before and was like, Is it okay if I bring my kid? Mom, my wife's working. And I was like, Yes, it's fine. <laughs> like, I don't care. We had, it was great. The food was phenomenal. Um, but I left there at like two ish. And then I drove to Airdrie, just like north of Airdrie. There's that, those two gas stations, the Petro Canada and the ESO. And I got gas there. So it was about 25 after two, give or yeah. take. I did not get to my mom and dad's house until. Almost six o'clock.
1: What? That oh, night. is there Be- that big accident?
0: Yeah, there was apparently two accidents and then there was like, I don't know, just people who don't know how to drive on the highway, I think is the biggest issue. Highway two is a blood-soaked nightmare.
1: Yeah, it sure is.
0: Uh, it was actually fine on the Sunday when I drove down because I left home at like 10 o'clock in the morning or 1030 in the morning. It was fine. Yeah. Um. But trying obviously trying to get home the Monday along weekend is not ideal. Um. And maybe I could have, you know, I, I couldn't have met for brunch any earlier. That was not a possibility in my life, so no. <laughs> um, No. But anyway, like, it was just, it was awful. And I drove for two weeks in Saskatchewan, Manitoba, on way worse highways. Ooh. That aren't as busy, obviously, but worse highways, single lane, blah, blah, blah. Never one time was I as stressed out driving mm-hmm. there than I was on Highway 2.
1: See, that's the weird thing, like, Saskatchewan is notorious for, like, you know when you cross your border into Saskatchewan because the roads are immediately shit. But there's, because everybody's driving on these small highways 24-7, there's a ingrained sense of, I don't want to say necessarily courtesy, but there's an understanding of what the rules to the road are on, like, high-volume, single-lane highways and that does not yep. translate to double lane or triple lane highways whatsoever
0: can we talk for a second about the way that the passing lanes are designed on highway two
1: they're fucking so stupid they're in the wrong spots
0: <laughs> so yes so as we know if maybe we don't maybe we have people who don't drive on highways i remember when i was living in ireland one of my uh classmates we were talking about driving and stuff and he was, I don't know, 23 or 24 at the time. And he figured that in his entire driving history, he'd actually driven, like, himself on the motorway, like, maybe a handful of times. Uh-huh. And I was like, bro, I have to drive on the highway, like, all the time. Anyway, and now I drive on the Henday every day. So, like,
1: uh-huh.
0: I highway drive all the time. I just think that's very funny. Uh, and he's like, well, if I had to drive on the motorway, he's like, I might as well just take a train. <laughs> I was like, you know, you're not wrong. That seems Where to be a much
1: better solution. Where is the Calgary to Fort McMurray fucking train?
0: Oh, it would be amazing. Um, so if you're on Highway 2, and some places it's three lanes, but then after you get to, like, I don't know, before Lacombe, it narrows to two, right? And that's yeah, fine. I think and I it's then by
1: it's... Crossfield it narrows.
0: Yeah, so you're, like, and on the north end it's, like, somewhere around Lacombe and then down by Crossfield, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. So it's two lanes for, most, for a large part of the way. It's three yeah. lanes through Red Deer, and then it narrows back and whatever. But the passing lanes are built to the right of where people are already driving. Yep. Yeah. So instead of building them on the left, which is what they should have done, because the passing lane then becomes an actual passing lane, mm-hmm. everyone just, like, stays in the driving lanes.
1: And they don't move over to the right.
0: And they don't move over to the right... Occasionally you move over to the right... Sometimes big trucks, especially when they're going up the hill, will, like, move over into the right lane or whatever, but it's not very often that someone does, and so then, when if you're doing the right thing and you're in the right lane, then if you get up to the end of the passing lane, sometimes you, like, hard, can hardly get back into the drive lane because no one is doing what they're supposed to do.
1: Yeah. It's a very th- weird Alberta thing because, like, now that we're so close to BC, we do a lot of BC travel, and... I would say the respect for passing lanes there are immensely different than here.
0: My dad said the same thing. He went to Kamloops uh, the last week of August to play in a hockey tournament, and he said the very same thing. But but the speed limit was also a little bit lower in BC, and there's lots of blind corners, so people actually like pay attention. <laughs> yeah. I think that highway here, I think Highway 2, the problem with Highway 2 is just that it's like... Endless. You can kind of see. Well, yeah, but you can see, right? And you can see the big line of traffic in front of me. But my God, that drive home was like interminable. It so was they awful.
1: This is absolutely not interesting for the podcast, but they didn't like detour you at all? Or you no. Or so,
0: No, no, no. The accident was just uh, north of like the Millet Interchange, like when I was going north. And so if I had known about it sooner, I would have just turned off. Uh But it didn't, and so then we're just, like, stuck. Um, by the time I got to wherever it was, it had cleared, so there wasn't actually an accident, which I know there was one, so I wasn't annoyed about it, but, you know, when you're, like, stuck in traffic, and then you get to, like, all of a sudden you just speed up again, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, what was going on? I at least knew there was an accident, because, um, I checked, like, five one one when I was at a dead stop to see what was going on. Um... (laughs) But yeah, I was just like, Oh, this is such a pain. But then also on the as I'm driving north, the southbound lanes were blocked not blocked, but like backed up from like Crossfield to about Innisfail. Like it was absolutely stupid.
1: Jesus Yeah, it, it took me more bad. time
0: more time to drive home uh, on Sunday than or Monday than it did in February when I came to visit you and it had snowed so bad that I had to stay an extra night.
1: Oh God I forgot about
0: that
1: yeah that was yeah so rough, the, it, rough that February was, <laughs>
0: that was that was hard there's a lot happening uh yeah anyway travel stupid said my holiday was nice
1: it sounded really nice you got to see my sister more than I did
0: <laughs> I did yeah so I have an aunt that lives in Esteban uh and Kelsey's sister lives there and we had, I went over there and we had beers in the backyard and got a little sunburnt because I wasn't paying attention. Because it was only like 24 degrees that day instead of the like over 30 that it had been for weeks and weeks. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and so don't both fucking of us, matter there.
0: Yeah, both of us were like, oh, it's, it's so nice out. And then I was like, oh, that's a burn. <laughs>
1: that's a burn right there.
0: Um, yeah, but I was there and I went to uh, Brandon, Manitoba um, because I went use that as a little bit of a home base to go, uh, looking for yourself (laughs) graves in cemeteries, of ancestors of mine and like relatives of my grandma and stuff. Um, so that was the thing that I did. Uh, I did the exact same holiday when I was nine with my parents and it was the worst summer of my life. And now 30 (laughs) years later, I was like, I had so much fun.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. would they be heartbroken to hear that? Or did oh you no, they tell know.
0: that? Oh, I told them that, like, immediately.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. What yeah, did they well, say?
0: Oh, my dad's like, I'm not surprised. He says, you know who you are. And I was like, no, I, I, I understand it now. But when you're nine, like, that's a shitty holiday.
1: Oh, it's a lot of time in the car just looking at fucking nothing.
0: Well, and I don't mind the time in the car. I still don't mind the time in the car. And I never did when I was a kid. I used to read all the time and whatever. And, like, so it was fine. But, yeah, when you're nine years old and your holiday plans involve, um... Driving from Edmonton to Estevan. A <laughs> town um, no one's
1: fucking ever heard of. Uh,
0: which is 10 hours of driving time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, plus, you know, stops and whatever. And then you extend that into, like, Manitoba, and you end up in, like, uh, Dauphin and places like that. And you're, like, poking around, looking at, yeah, into these cemeteries. Because, like, both my grandparents were born in Manitoba and et cetera, et cetera. There's a bunch of stuff. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, looking around for, you know, ancestors and whatnot. In the middle of a really hot summer with a grasshopper infestation, let me tell you what you don't ever want to do again. That.
1: Ugh. I know.
0: And then when you're 39, you're like, hey, you know, it'd be super fun to drive all the way to Estevan and then also to Manitoba and look around in some cemeteries in the middle of 30 degree weather and a grasshopper infestation. Super good tense.
1: <laughs> oh, there's just, there's not a lot there. That makes me think, wow, what a place to be.
0: You know, no, there isn't. Um, but how, for reasons- bad
1: would it, how bad was it for our ancestors that they were like, fuck <laughs> This is where it's at. You know?
0: I if it's funny, I think about that a lot. Like I don't not so much with my dad's family, but I think, well, that was my mom's family because the, of the Ukrainian side anyway because they ended up out, in, out by Lethbridge mm-hmm. and they were persecuted and whatever and they left. And they, like, as, off from, as far as we know, came to Canada with, like, virtually nothing. And, like, yeah, I just don't know how they decided like, hey, you know what we're going to do? That. You know where we're going to go? That place. And just, like, work and work and work to make it work.
1: Yeah, and, like, work Depending on like you know, how many generations back, like literally living on fucking nothing. Like mm-hmm. houses made of peat or dug into the dirt. Mm-hmm. Like fucking nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh
0: it's it's crazy. And like to think about that kind of that level of desire, I guess, to do that, right? Yeah. Like it's just yeah, it's it's insane. It's absolutely insane.
1: Like what a risk, like I think about that now and it seems like it's so crazy to take that risk, especially when uh, where was the museum that had the really good propaganda posters from settlement where it would just be like a gorgeously drawn poster of just like endless wheat fields. And it's like Mm -hmm. Saskatchewan and they're like, fuck yes. Yeah. That's so nuts to me.
0: To be fair. To be fair, I have a weird love affair with the prairies in a way that like doesn't make a lot of sense for somebody who grew up in the city. Yes, well, I think that's um,
1: because you grew up in the city.
0: <laughs> well, I grew up, well, I grew up in the city, but also like we spent a lot of time, right? Like when I was a kid, we would go see my grandma and go to the farm and stuff like often, right? Like it. But wasn't, that's sort of it's it was... like
1: it's tourism, kind of. Yeah,
0: but as I've gotten older, it's become more of like a place I want to be. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I'll, and it was, it's nice. Like, I like traveling by myself. I like doing all the things by myself, but I really like to travel by myself because you can just kind of stop and do whatever you want whenever you want. It's like, oh, I'm going to go take this, like, go see what this little turnoff is and, like, you know, go here. And um, unfortunately, in Saskatchewan, there are little, like, historic points of interest, some of which are literally just, like, looking out over the prairies, which I think is hilarious. They don't give you very much warning on the signs on the road. It's, like, point of interest, one kilometer. And I'm, like, flying at 110.
1: I'm, like, I feel like I probably shouldn't slam on the brakes. <laughs> totally. It's just, like, right here. Sometimes it's yeah, like, not even one kilometer. It's just turn down this dirt road. You're, like, to yeah, it's see like hey, give me,
0: like, give me three kilometers notice and I'll think about it, you know? Um, but I kind of have a plan, ne- maybe not next summer, but summer after, to, like, do some different exploring that kind of way and see some of those things and do a little bit more, more stuff that way. Um, but, yeah, I, I like... I like the skies. I like the landscape. I like the. uh... I like it all.
1: It's nice, it's... and I feel very at home. That's good. I'm glad it's that for you. It's it's a place of peace and solace, and that's wonderful. I'm trying not yeah. to sound sarcastic, but it's sounding really fucking sarcastic. No, I know. I know, I, know from, you, you, well, I know where you're
0: coming from. Why? Well, because I know where you're coming from on it. But the like,
1: gym. I I
0: feel. <laughs> I feel about the prairies the way that lots of people feel about the ocean or the mountains.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Like
0: when people are like, oh, the mountains are calling and I must go. I'm like, yeah, fuck you guys. I'm going east. Like, it's just, I don't, it's not that I don't like the mountains or anything, but it's like, I would much rather go east.
1: I mean, your love for Margaret Lawrence makes sense.
0: It sure does. Teaching some Margaret Lawrence short stories uh, right now with my grade 10s. It's really fun. Half husky? That's what we started with. Nice. It's really
1: fucked up, though. That that's my favorite meme is like, English teachers wake up choosing a short story that's gonna traumatize you forever. Ugh, the best.
0: It's true because like there's that one horses. I'm teaching my grade twelves. I get to teach horses of the night this year, which I'm very excited about um because that's one that I haven't done with grade 10s because it always gets done in grade 12 so I've left it alone and I get to teach it finally for the first time in a really really long time um yeah that one's super fucked up as well
1: (laughs) the joy the joy with which you say that Mm
0: -hmm. I also get to do the painted door by Sinclair Ross which is also super messed up love that story
1: I don't remember that one what's the TLDR Uh,
0: Okay, spoilers. I guess for anyone who's gonna (laughs) read like a however long how I do not even like an eighty year old story. Yeah, so it's about uh, it's about this woman. I think her name's Anne, um, and she's married to John. They live on a farm. It's winter time, and I can't remember why John leaves in the evening. He goes out to check the cows and whatever, whatever, and do some work, even though it's super, super cold. Like we're talking, um, you know, like a real like
1: a real real nipple twister.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, anyway. And so he has the neighbor, Steven come and check on her just to make sure that she's okay overnight or in the evening or whatever. And they end up playing cards and stuff. And then the, the, uh, wind kicks up or whatever. And Steven isn't going to be able to make it home. So he stays and they end up sleeping together. And then, she wakes up in the middle of the night and like hallucinates that she sees her husband like at the the doorway of the bedroom or whatever, and then doesn't think anything of it and then in the morning, his body's found like out in the in the like i think he's like caught up on the barbed wire bar fence or whatever, and he's frozen to death obviously and when she's back in, she sees uh, a smudge of white paint on the door frame, and she had painted. The door while she was like by herself, and so the paint was still a little bit tacky or whatever. Uh, and so she sees this smudge. So of... he
1: saw it and then went back. So out. he
0: saw it and then left. Is the.
1: Fuck. Uh, she killed him. Yeah. She killed
0: him. Anyway, it's very good. And Sinclair Ross is like a really, really. Um, is a really good. Um, He's a really good writer. And there's, I think there's a short film adaptation of it. And if I remember correctly, uh, the implication is from the very beginning that she's very excited that Steven is going to be there because she's like in love with him. And the story does not give you that notion in one, like there's not one iota of that. He's just there because that's what you do.
1: Did fucking, he did Lamp at Noon too. That motherfucker. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, he does such nasty shit. Lamp at Noon. Mm -hmm. One of the best. One mm-hmm. of the greats that dude is. Wow. Yeah.
0: Anyway, yeah, so he, uh, yeah, so I get to teach that. And then a couple, uh, Tim O'Brien, because, of course, because I of like Tim O'Brien. Um, one I'm of my I kids. I gotta
1: buy myself a copy of that because I was thinking about it the other day when I attempted to watch. Apocalypse Now, and I was like, I'd rather just read Tim O'Brien.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, you should. Or just, like, read Heart of Darkness. You know, it's the same thing. Um, <laughs> that's what it's based off of. Uh, yeah, it's, read Tim O'Brien. It's better. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's been fun teaching, like, short stories <laughs> that mess people up. Because, um, like, even in The Things They Carried, I guess this is all spoilery now. Um, but it's not. It's a story from the Vietnam War. It's it's old. Um, there's the bit where Ted Lavender gets shot, uh, which they've mentioned a number of times, but when he actually gets shot, his like cheekbone is gone, he's got like a star shaped hole in his face and all and it's very graphic. And the kids are like, Ugh. but the audiobook of that is so good. Because it's Brian Cranston who reads it, and he's just got the perfect voice to tell those stories. It's phenomenal.
1: I mean Isn't that what literature is here for? Just to fuck us up? I think so. Oh, can I tell you about the book I was reading as a nice segue? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. It's called Dead Doubles. And it's a nonfiction book about the Portland spy ring in England in the 50s and 60s. And this is what you need to know about this book. These spies were shit at it. They were absolute shit at it. And I've been on this weird thing where it's late at night and I'm trying to find something on fucking Wikipedia to read that isn't an autobiography of every single pope like I did when I was pregnant, in chronological order. And the problem that nearly every single Cold War spy, if they're either like you know, pro-West or pro-Soviet, whatever they're doing, is they start living beyond their means. All of a sudden, these spies are throwing around cash, buying multiple cars, living in houses well beyond their measly, like, £1,000 salary a year that's easily checkable because they all work for the fucking government. And this goes on for years and years and years and years until someone's like, Hey, this dude's got two cars. Somebody better look into that. Literally, Megan, every single spy story I've read follows the, state, the same pattern. It's mm-hmm. insane. And I'm just like, how can you be so bad at this? Like, do you... I, there's this very bizarre thing where I'm reading this book and I'm just like, I could do this fucking better than they could. <laughs> and I don't know where that's coming from. I'm not really someone who has a, an ingrained sense of superiority about them. But, well, that's a lie. I can think of one one instance where you called me out on that in a very public way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... motherhood has humbled me muchly let's say (laughs) and I just it's so frustrating to read and then they get their comeuppance of like oh you know these guys got like 15 or 20 years spoiler alert they get caught but these guys get like 15 or 20 years in prison and then generally they're all swapped in like prisoner exchanges for other spies that are caught Mm -hmm. but that's not always the case sometimes they're depending on who switched sides or if somebody defects or whatever, sometimes, you know, they get get their names called out and they'll have, you know, surprise executions or they'll be killed in the field or something like that. But, like, overall, it's the same pattern. And it just, it boggles the mind that, A, people weren't caught faster, and that, B, the... Sort of counter espionage forces that existed at the time, or even let's say police, were woefully incompetent. It just shot. It just boggles the mind. And I'm like, oh, okay, I understand why there's like 18 Wikipedia pages on like unsolved people who have gone missing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Especially the historical ones, because like people had no fucking clue what they were doing. Overall, though, Dead Doubles, great book. It's, I don't tend to read a ton of nonfiction because I find that it's written in a way that doesn't give me what I want, which is just, like, straight escapism. Like, I don't want to have to think about it. Just give me the book, give me the characters I'm following their dialogue and their feelings or whatever. Like, I really don't want to have to think about dates, peoples, places. I don't want to have to reference the maps. I don't want to have to fucking find out Three quarters of the way through the book that there is secretly ten pages of photos I could have looked at. God, that ticked me off. But Mm -hmm. this one is written almost like a spy book where you're given the cast of characters and you're kind of getting the investigators and what the spies are up to concurrently. Okay. So it's a nice kind of like contrast and pacing and etcetera, et cetera, et cetera. I found it at the WEM Indigo for eight dollars. <laughs> nice.
0: Perfect. End wow, of review.
1: It cost eight dollars.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh cheap books are the best. Um that sounds like it would make like an interesting film.
1: I think it would. I think there's I think it would make a much more interesting film than Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Spy, which is so slow,
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: so dry, and just so very British. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it just would be tricky because I don't think there's a very, I don't think there's the same like taste for that type of thing now that Russia is so very anti-Soviet. You know what I mean? Like it's a very different political space.
0: That's true. That is very true. Um, yeah, that is very true. That sounds interesting, though. Something I hadn't heard of.
1: Yeah, it's good, but... Oh, and the dead doubles, spoiler alert, refers to the practice at the time was they would find names of like children and people who had died very young and then use those names on fraudulent passports and like, create documents for them. Gotcha. For people to assume identities and in new countries etc and that's not revealed until literally three quarters of the way through the book so like reading the book and i'm like okay i'm still nobody's dead yet and there don't seem to be twins so <laughs> what is this title about oh that's funny overall it cost eight dollars <laughs>
0: Oh, that's good. No, that sounds interesting. I like it. Because, yeah, like, I find the same thing with nonfiction. I do like to read nonfiction. um, But I find that there are times where, yeah, like, I want to escape. And I find that the, unless it's really compellingly written, I don't get that escape.
1: Yeah, 100%.
0: 100%. Like, one of the best examples that I can think of of really good escape as nonfiction was uh, Into the Wild just the way that it opens and it's like, it's like, it's telling you a fictional story and you're like, cool, I'm in. And then, and then you, you know, it's nonfiction, but like you're in and it's, and he's a good enough writer that he kind of like hooks you. But oftentimes I find the sort of setup for the story and lots of nonfiction stuff to be very like researchy and not narrative.
1: Yes, absolutely. And what I found, even what I found doing is this one was written so well that I found even though I would say 90% of the, like, citation notes were in-text in citations, so they have, like, one, two, three, and then you go there back and see, a lot of them were just straight-up referencing where in the archives or whatever, the conversations with all the—mostly was the investigators in their memoirs and, and such and such— but I would go look at them just to see if there's any other information that was relevant. Like, and I don't usually do that when I'm reading nonfiction. I'm just like, fuck it, whatever. If it's not in friggin', what are the ones at the bottom of the page? Endnotes or footnotes? Footnotes. 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 If it's not in a footnote, I don't care. Like, I'm not going to go flipping, 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 flipping to fucking find it. No way. Mm-hmm. It's Mm -hmm. important enough put it in the text, you know? Well,
0: and my favorite stuff is sometimes it does need to be in a footnote, but I do love when the footnotes are, like, nine paragraphs long. Sometimes I'm just like, oh, yes, here's the side conversation I wanted to hear.
1: And it's usually got so much fucking sass in it, too, that they're like, okay, I'm editorializing, I need to put this elsewhere. (laughs) This is not necessarily journalistic integrity. We're going to put this at the back a little bit.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's Anyways. good. Um, sounds like a good book. I'm happy that you found something that you enjoyed enough to like actually want to talk about.
1: Yeah, and I started reading uh, that Eva Jerzyk? yeah, book, um, but the character named after my son made me so fucking angry. <laughs> I couldn't get past I think seventy five pages. Well, He's it's too bad because it's misogynistic so good. Asshole. Just oh, I like, know, but it's a really good book. But every... What's it called again?
0: The Department of uh, Rare Books and Special Collections. Yes,
1: thank you. The... Just the attitude this man has for a woman just because she exists. Oh, it made me so frustrated. So I kind of, like, closed it, and then when I was in Edmonton on that day, I was like, you know what, I'm going to look in the history section and see what's what, but... I'll, as soon as I only have like thirty pages left of this spy book, and then I'm committed myself to going back to that, and then maybe I'll talk mm-hmm. about it next time.
0: Yeah, no, I like. I just thought it was good. What I liked about that book is it's not spoilery, but what I liked is that the main character was like not twenty.
1: Yes, like, she's 100%. like that's
0: something that I really appreciated. Is that like she's a a main character who's like in her fifties.
1: Yeah, fully grown. And, kids yeah. going to university getting ready to retire yeah but she's still got an interesting life and story worth telling
0: yeah and it's nice to have that sometimes i was thinking about that too i feel like i mentioned it on here before but i feel like that when i read some other stuff too like the elon hildebrand books as she's gotten older so have her protagonists oh really yeah, so, like, and she's, like, still living on Nantucket or whatever. She's divorced now and, and whatnot. But, like, yeah, her her protagonists are getting older as well. And so, like, in the most recent one that I read, um, her protagonist is, like, 45. And she's dating a man who's, like, 55. And it was nice that it wasn't, like, you know, two 25-year-olds. Like, it was just, it's nice that, like, she's, you know, that her, her characters in the setting are aging with her. Um, yes,
1: that's
0: super nice but it also yeah like it's it's a different set of it's a different set of conflicts and problems when your characters are older right than when they're like just fresh out of university like here in their first like adult job and trying to navigate whatever don't get me wrong still love that stuff like yes love it but it is refreshing to read stuff that have you know people like my age or older as the central focus instead of these like 25 year olds expecting to live like Carrie Bradshaw on, you know, minimum wage.
1: One article a week in a yeah, sex publication. Yeah, Um, basically. Yeah, I think, to be fair, I think I'm also getting tired of sort of of coming-of-age type narratives. Mm Mm-hmm. As you get older, there's just so much shit you can take mm-hmm. it a day. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will say I
0: did read Sally Rooney's new book, oh. um, Beautiful World, Where Are You? Really liked it. Okay. But I would give a month's salary to her editors oh. if they would demand that she use fucking quotation marks in her dialogue.
1: Oh my god, she didn't. It's
0: infuriating.
1: <gasps> what the fuck? Is it all... Like, retelling stream of consciousness?
0: No, no, no. There's dialogue. There's just no dialogue markings. So oh you have God. to, like... Yeah. It's... Yeah. I remember being annoyed by that in high school when I read Cry the Beloved Country by Alan Patton. Um, because instead of quotation mark, there was... He just used a dash to represent each new speaker. But at least you knew. Yeah. This, there's not even that. And it's very annoying to read. And, like, aesthetically, it looks very good, and I feel like that's part of what they're going for. But just, like, oh, my kingdom for, you know, <laughs> normal punctuation, please and thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah. If it's a stream-of-consciousness piece, that's different. This is not stream-of-consciousness. <laughs> anyway.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, how... As a reader, that's very, that's very frustrating. Like, the whole point of these grammar rules is to create create structure so that you can understand, interpret, and acknowledge, right? Like, it, that would just make it so frustrating to read.
0: Yeah, it's not yeah, even from that a was...
1: stylistic perspective, but just like a straight up comprehension perspective. If you're not used to reading things that are maybe a little bit stylistically different, like that's that's going to narrow your reader. List well, sure. yeah.
0: And like the one. So there's kind of the beloved country was like that. And I've actually read a lot of books. Well, not a lot, but more books that I've, I've noticed that are written um, by African authors tend to be like that. Uh, in terms of dialogue. There, so I'm not sure, and I don't know enough to speak to that, but I've, I've noticed that. And also some from Caribbean authors as well. I've noticed that there's a difference in the way the dialogue is marked. Um, but at least it's marked. Whereas the Sally Rooney one, it's not. And I'm like, oh, fine. Um, but I remember reading another, uh, book by an Irish author. Uh, her name's, I think it's Amara McBride. I think that's how you say it. And it's called a girl is a half formed thing. And it is like a legit stream of consciousness. And it's like, it's hard to read. Um, But part of that is the stylistic whatever. So it was less annoying there than it is in this one. That's not stream of consciousness.
1: Mm. Interesting. Oh, Language. Language is fun. Language Um, is fun.
0: Yeah, so that's, I don't know. I've read a bunch of stuff this summer. I read like 45 books from mid-June to the end of August.
1: Shit, yeah, you did.
0: Uh, I could have done more, but I didn't read. I hardly read it all when I was gone on my two-week holiday. So if I had read at my normal pace while I was gone, we probably could have put that at, like, 55. Yeah. 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 That's fab. Good for you. Yeah, it was good. It was great. Some were rereads, you know. I've reread some stuff that I haven't read in a while. I reread some stuff that I read, like, last year, because there's a couple things I read every summer. Um, But, yeah, it was nice to just, like, have the time to be able to do that. (sighs)
1: Oh, <sighs> hell yeah, Megan. Hell yeah. Did you watch anything?
0: Um, oh, I watched all of Never Have I Ever. I finished that up to uh-huh. the end of season three. Lovely. Great show. This Phenomenal. This
1: is the Mindy Kaling show?
0: Yes. Love okay. it. Love, love everything about it. Um, for a bunch of reasons. They do a really good job dealing with like high school kids. None of the actors are high school kids anymore, and it's a little bit noticeable. But like, I don't care enough to be nitpicky about it. Um, yeah, it's good. It's like you've got these kids who are, you know, really. I mean, the main character, she's really smart, and so is her nemesis. They're competing for like top spot in their class. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but like, Davy, the main character, she's also dealing with the death of her dad. So he had like just passed away at, before, prior to season one. Um, and so she's dealing with that and whatnot. And so, yeah, they're competing for, like, top in their class so they can, like, get into, you know, the best colleges and whatever, whatever. And they're in California and stuff. And and she's also, like, she's a a sophomore in high school and she thinks that it's time that she has sex. And, like, that's really where this is going is she's trying to find someone to have sex with. And it's fascinating for so many reasons because there's, like, cultural, um there's like the cultural component because she's from like her family's from India and there's like certain expectations that her mom places on her like academically. And she's not allowed to be in her room alone with the boy about like all this kind of stuff. And then she's got these like kids that she goes to school with who their parents, like not that they don't care, but like, uh, the kid that's her, like her nemesis, his family, like his parents are loaded and they're never home. So like his, his nanny is the one who's raising him basically. Um, and he has no rules kind of do whatever, like, it's it's really, really well done in terms of, like, high school. Um, in a lot of ways, it's not, like, cheesy or campy. Um, okay. And John McEnroe narrates the story. What? Which is, like, absolutely wild. I'd forgotten it was him when I started watching season three and I had to look up who it was again. But, yeah, it's John McEnroe and it is, like, it's phenomenal because he's narrating the story for this, like, T- this, this, like, Indian teenage girl? girl. This, like, yeah, teenage Indian girl. It's great. And then uh one of is the Hadid's... she Hadid- obsessed
1: with tennis?
0: Well, the tennis is a piece of it, yes. But, like, it's not... Yeah, anyway, it's good. And then, like, I think it's Gigi Hadid narrates... There's an episode that's this Ben... that Focused around this Ben kid. And she narrates that one. Oh, my which God. Which is kind of neat. Yeah, it's cool. Like, there's some cool stuff in there. It's really well made. It's really well cast. Um... Yeah, I enjoyed and so I rewatched like I rewatched season two and three. Uh also there was like a weekend where I was feeling kind of shitty about things, so I just watched all three of the to all the boys I've loved movies and it Oh was my great. god, I was
1: just about to ask that. I was like, did this lead you to a rewatch of <laughs> Sure did? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, It was
0: great. It was great. And that first one still like the other two are fine, but that first one that is. That first so one good. is just
1: fucking perfection. It's just It really is. There's nothing like Kitty perfection the dad perfection yeah whoa 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 perfection
0: and there's that bit where they're at the house and watching him when when he's over there and they're watching whatever i think it's when they're watching um 16 candles yes and he and kitty like get into the pillow fight but he like puts the bowl of popcorn on the floor before he starts so that it doesn't like spill or whatever and i was just like oh you precious boy you
1: precious boy that right there is a love language, and I don't know quite what it is, but the preservation of the bowl of popcorn, Mm-hmm. oh, that's just... It's something, all right. That's something. That's yeah. something right there.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. No, it was good. That was a fun, that was a fun rewatch. I uh, have also been rewatching Seinfeld, just, like, as things go. Ugh. Um, it's... The early seasons, I find, are better. <laughs>
1: that pause. It's... No, I was
0: just trying to say... So, I'm in season eight right now, and I don't love it. It got um, eight
1: fucking seasons? It got, I
0: think it got nine, actually.
1: Give me a um, break.
0: Yeah. Seasons, like, one through four, though, are... Oh, they're just absolutely phenomenal. There is an incredible episode. Um, I th- I want to say it's in season four. Uh, and maybe I went into season five. is where, like, the joke kind of sort of half pays off. Um... Elaine is dating this guy who has the same name as a serial killer, which of course is like a calamity. And she suggests they go to a Giants football game and he like ends up getting paged or whatever. So he has to stand up. She's like, it's not the same guy. It's not the same guy. Like it's a whole thing. So she tries to convince him to change his name and she's going through like football player names. And one of the names that she suggests is OJ, which is hysterical because this episode was released in 1993. Um, and oh my then God,
1: a year before,
0: yes, yes. And then the next season, they use footage from the Ford Bronco chase uh, <laughs> when Kramer has like some guy in the back of his vehicle, and they're like running from the cops, and they just use the footage from the Ford Bronco chase, and it's absolutely hysterical. Because I watched those like two episodes over maybe three days, four days, oh, God. and it was just too close together. And I was like, I know it's not meant to be this funny. Um, and I think that's funnier now than it was when it aired. Then, yeah. Because that was very much, like, right in the, right in the zeitgeist at the time, and whereas now it's, it's there, but it's not there, and when I saw it, I just thought it was absolutely hysterical.
1: I feel like it's even less so there, because the People vs. O.J. Simpson show was, like, what, three or four years ago? Mm -hmm. and That was pretty Mm -hmm. acclaimed and in the zeitgeist, and now... nobody fucking remembers that again.
0: Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's been... It's it's funny, I think... I don't know if I've mentioned it before. I know I've mentioned it to Riva because she never likes Seinfeld. Um, that now that I'm older, the things that these characters do... Because they're all awful people. Um, mm. But the things that they do and the frustrations that they have, I think, except for Kramer. I don't understand him. Um, I get it a little bit better now because I'm an adult. Right. Like, there's the one episode where Elaine... Oh my god. Megan really... Yes, this it's funny. So there's the one episode where, like, Elaine, she uses the sponge for her birth control. Ooh. And Kramer hears that, like, the sponge isn't being manufactured anymore. And I'm pretty sure the episode's called The Sponge. Anyway, so Elaine takes, like, a case of them. And so there's 60 in a case. And she ends up, like, going on a date with this guy. And she has to decide if he's sponge-worthy. It's hysterical. Because it's, like, that whole thought process of, like, is any of what is happening right now worth the effort? for anything more. And it's just like, it's not, it's about nothing. And that's kind of the whole point, but it's also like, yeah, that's a great point. Is this worth, you know, losing one of your 60? I don't know. Like, it's just very funny the way that it all, it's all like laid out. And in the same episode, Jerry's dating a woman who has like literal cases of sponges in her closet. And it's very funny. Like, it's a great little visual joke.
1: Do you know what really makes me fucking mad? Is I think I've seen about 10 Seinfeld episodes total, lifetime, and this one I've seen.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, as a, as an adult, like a real adult now watching them, I look at it and I'm just like, yeah, I understand. Like, George's frustration about all kinds of things. I'm like, oh, I've been there, buddy. I got you. Like, it, Cause it's he makes like, sense to me now. People, Yes, and he makes much more sense to me now than when I was, like, 16.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was listening to another podcast, and one of the guys on it said, like, I can accept that I'm as old or older than the people were in Seinfeld when it was made, but I can never, ever imagine myself being any older than the people on (laughs) Frasier.
0: Oh, oh, that's a fair point. Yeah, okay,
1: (laughs) yes. That was like one thing. Thousand percent. Like I have no idea how old Kelsey Grammer was when he made Frasier, but it's always going to be older than me, regardless of yeah. how old I am. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I think that's fair. I think that's I think that's a fair assessment because Frasier and Niles were like the oldest people, the oldest younger yes. people on the planet. Like they were so old.
1: Absolutely. It's yeah. It's like, not they... even about what they look like. It's not about what they look like at all. No. It's so it's such a bizarre. It's such a bizarre thing. I've also when seen I... maybe two episodes of Frasier my whole life, and yet still when I know think this about my them, boss. I think about
0: how they could very easily have showed up on the set of Arrested Development, and fit in just fine.
1: Oh my god, that's right. Even With like, n-
0: not knowing. <laughs> But, like, I'm just thinking of, like, the the banana bit. Like, how much is a banana? $10? Like, that is exactly them. Go see a Star War. (laughs) They have no concept of how the world works. Like, none whatsoever. Yeah, very true. Whereas, like, yeah, in Seinfeld, they're, like, haggling over, you know, this last week this cost 89 cents and now it's 99 cents. And I'm like, yeah, I get that now.
1: You know what, though, I think Fraser would be immensely interested in Tobias and immediately like attempt to put him in an institution. No. <laughs> like that's his fucking job, you know. Like he's yeah. is he not like some sort of therapist or psychiatrist? He's a, I think he's a psychiatrist. Yeah, like he's got he's got a j o b job, you know. And yeah. I think he'd just be yeah. like, oh boy. He's, yeah. he's going to doctor-fill this whole fucking family. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: true. It's true. Um, but yeah, so I've been watching that, and it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's not, it's not watching it obsessively or anything. It's like, oh, I'll watch a couple before I go to bed. And they're short, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Just 22. something to do. yeah. Yeah, and like, and they're a good, they're like a nice tight 22 as well. Like, there's very few storylines, like, story arcs that go beyond the single episode.
1: Mm-hmm. Which is nice.
0: Um, which is really nice. Every once in a while, there's, like, one that'll straddle, like, maybe two or three episodes or whatever, but for the most part, it's just a single episode, and it is nice because, yeah, you can watch a couple, it's not even an hour, and then you're just like, all right, I'm out, and you don't, there's no, there's no commitment. It's almost like watching a procedural.
1: Yeah, it's the same three sets... It's the same characters over and over. It's the most predictable of predictables. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shall I recommend a show to you?
0: Sure, I would love to hear something.
1: I should recommend A League of Their Own on Amazon Prime. Oh, it's definitely on my list. It was such a delight and a joy. It was... Shocking. It was dramatic. It was funny. It made me cry a few times. It is so well cast and well acted. It is shocking that a lot of these people have really not been in much before. I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it. And I highly recommend that everyone else give her a watch. I'm trying not to say much because there's a lot to spoil. And I went into it just, like, having seen the original film, and I don't want to color it for anyone other than to say, I think you should give her a try. Yeah, I've
0: seen some really, really good stuff, like, on my, from my Twitter pals and stuff.
1: Yeah. About it?
0: Yeah, so it looks, um, yeah. It's on my list, and I, I feel like I just need some time. I need to commit, like, a weekend to just watch it.
1: Yeah, and they're long- they're long episodes i think there's eight and they're like minimum an hour okay so like it's it's a lot of time commitment but there's a lot there's a lot of characters it does not feel slow whatsoever um yeah i really it was really really enlightening i really enjoyed it
0: Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, I've heard really good things from people who like the movie and you know, um, you know are excited about it. So it's it's something that I will check out. I promise. I just uh, one of these days I'll have to like I say commit a weekend. Got I got a bunch of stuff I got to finish up before the end of the month, so it probably won't be until October. <laughs> but.
1: Yeah, understandable
0: though, understandable. Oh, mostly it's just I have to finish a course by September thirtieth, or I lose my money. So. <laughs>
1: Oh, I've
0: okay. got some work to do, but it's good because I. Fuck, why are you so talking I, to
1: me right now? <laughs> uh,
0: because I wasn't gonna do it tonight anyway. Um, I know who I am as a person. It's okay. I emailed my professor and got some input on what I wanted to look at for like the second assignment, um, which is just a thousand word critique of Heart of Darkness. Like, anyway, whatever. I found a topic and.
1: Are you I going be... to watch Apocalypse now and make it farther than the forty five minutes than I did? No, because I could
0: read the <laughs> 77 pages of Heart of Darkness and be finished That's in less than it? an hour. It's so short. Yes.
1: Oh, I didn't know it was that short.
0: Like, the audiobook is infuriatingly long because the reader is very slow. The audiobook is, like, as long as Apocalypse Now and it is unnecessarily long. So I'm just gonna <laughs> just read it. But the two essays, the two approaches to it that I'm going to critique are Chinua Achebe and Edward Said's, like... Reaction or criticism of Heart of Darkness, and so oh, I just okay. have to like write Critiquing that. So it's super a critique, gotcha. Basically, uh, so I might not even have to read the Heart of Darkness. I might just need to read the essays anyway. It doesn't matter. Um, and then I also got my like topic approved for my research paper, so I still have to write the proposal, but like I can just make that up real quick, and then I can write a research paper. And uh, my course I have to be done in three weeks. And have I done? Have I been in it for a long time? Yes. Have I done any work? Very little. Do I am I starting to feel the time pressure? Moderately.
1: Megan, I said it before, I'll say it again. How are you not the goddamn professor of these things? Like that's what I don't get. Because um I Why are you wasting your time on teens?
0: Because I make more money being a high school teacher than I would as a professor?
1: God damn it.
0: Like, actually, is, especially, like, an English professor. Are you joking me? Come on, man. Yeah, that's true. I don't have the, uh... I don't know what the word is. I don't think I have the patience for real academia. Like, more than anything. I think I just truly don't have the patience for it. Because it's so, so, so intensely political.
1: Yes, 100%. And
0: I just don't think I have the the stomach to be involved in that.
1: As you, like, you shouldn't, that's the thing, you shouldn't have to, right, but...
0: Yeah. But, yeah, so, anyway, I've got to finish that this month, and then, uh, maybe I'll have time to read, or to watch A League of Their Own, um, or maybe, yeah, we'll see what happens. Thanksgiving, maybe Thanksgiving weekend.
1: Yay! What a thing to look forward to a month from now. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Sorry to disappoint everybody. <laughs> it's been a little busy. Um, yeah. Um... Maybe when we do our next one, we can do it in person.
1: Yeah, that would be when, super.
0: Yeah, because I'm gonna go to Calgary again for John Mulaney.
1: <gasps> oh yes, that's right. That's in October.
0: That is mid October.
1: Yeah. That's right. That's the fifteenth, isn't it? Oh my gosh.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe our next one we can do in person.
1: Hell yeah! Let's do it.
0: It's so much more fun when we're like looking at each other, trying not to laugh as we're talking. It's so much more
1: entertaining. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's it's funnier funny, for us. It's funnier for us. I can't believe we've been doing it like this for like three years a now. Long it's time. a bummer.
0: It is a bummer. Um. Yeah. So no, I haven't watched anything new and exciting. My dad keeps giving me lists of stuff, to, things to watch, and I just never get around to it. It's like my to be read pile. It just keeps growing and growing and growing. Well, um. I
1: have a question for you about something that you said the other day. Yep. Yeah. What the fuck were you talking about with? Jamie Fraser. Can you explain this theory to me again? Okay. Are you talking about like why he shows up to
0: Inverness? In the very first episode of the show. Why is Jamie why is the ghost of Jamie Fraser, or what the fuck ever, in Inverness? Visible
1: to not visible right. Not not visible,
0: but the feeling yeah, visible to Frank, and then also like we see him in his like regalia, basically. Standing in modern-day, quote-unquote, 1945 Inverness. Why is Jamie Fraser there? I think he traveled through time. After the Battle of Culloden. Because Claire was already gone back.
1: Because she's already... Okay. Okay. She's already gone back. I was under the impression, though... That, wait a minute, she's already, oh, oh no, I'm, I'm way too ginned up for this conversation. You (laughs) You can just hear the rusty ass cogs in my brain trying to work through this (laughs) fucking time. I hate it. Okay, so she's gone to him, but she has not yet gone back to his time. But he doesn't know that. Mm Mm-hmm. So he's drawn to her because mm-hmm. she thinks that they have to. Well, he doesn't know this, but later in this series, they say like, "Oh, I was thinking of home, and it brought me to blah 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 blah."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: For the kids and what the fuck? It's been like two years since I watched this show. Yes. Anyway, oh, that's, that's an what interesting I think theory.
0: That's what I think because it. I don't understand why else he'd be there. It's so stupid otherwise. Doesn't make any sense. Like, there's no reason for him to be there because he's not there
1: in the Is book. he, like, a corporeal vision? Because Frank sees it, right? Not Claire? Yes, yes. That's what I never fucking understood about that. Why did they even... What are they trying... So you're saying they're trying to say that after Culloden, she obviously gone through the stone. She's back in whatever, 46 or 47 or how long the fuck she's been I think it's 46,
0: yeah.
1: And she's pregnant and he's close enough to the stones. He's dying, he's wishing, he's thinking Mm -hmm. of her. Mm -hmm. And it transport his, I don't know, consciousness briefly.
0: Maybe. Something like that, yes.
1: Which isn't the present for Claire who has gone... But the present for Claire who's about to come to him. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I just have this, like, that's the thought that I have. I don't know. There must be a reason, I guess.
1: Honestly, that makes the most sense out of whatever the fuck they were trying to do, which I don't mm-hmm. know. But, uh, okay, I understand you now. I was very confused because I thought you meant, like... <laughs> like he he went back to 1945 and just like lived a life too after and i was like what the fuck are you no, no no about no 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 no
0: he i He's like it's almost like he went
1: accountant in an office building somewhere <laughs> no no
0: no i like that he went to check on her mm. you know
1: sees her fucking someone else yeah ah yes and like there's the yes. woman i love i'll die now
0: yes or something yeah maybe right you know maybe i anyway that's i've, I've long thought back because it doesn't make any sense in the other way like why is he there i don't really know
1: okay i understand you much better now <sighs> thank you for clarifying
0: yeah anyway that's just what i think um i could be wrong but that's okay i'm excited for it to come back though seen some, like, of the casting announcements for the stuff that's coming, and I'm like,
1: oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So, it'll be good. I totally missed, what is it, season five or six? What did I miss? Six. 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 Do we know when that's coming to Netflix? Has that been announced?
0: Uh, no, but I can look it up.
1: It's usually, like, half a year, a year later sort of thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, because, yeah, there was only eight episodes in season six. They were really good, though. Um, they were, it was a good, it was a good season. Um, That
1: six minutes that I watched at your house while my baby was crying his fucking face off really looked good. Remember that night, Megan? I do remember that night.
0: (laughs) Um, I do remember that night. Uh, hang on. Yeah, no, I don't know. I'm not sure when it's coming to Netflix. Mm,
1: Shame. Sorry. No, when it's caught, when it, when it's out. (laughs) Then we can talk about it. (laughs) I'll let you know. (laughs) Shall we move um, on to queries and questions? Sure.
0: Sure, sure, sure. Um, uh, I have a I have, go Would ahead. you
1: like to hear the unhinged one? Yes. This is from Malcolm. Which one of you is Romeo and which is Mercutio? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> which of us is Romeo and which of us is Mercutio? It's a simple question. <laughs> but it's not.
0: <laughs> like, I've never met Malcolm, but I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> How's that? Um, I hate everything about this question. You're, like fmk that is not going to make it on the podcast is easier to deal with in this particular question
1: that one it wasn't a hard question it was just an extreme bad taste
0: a real bad taste maybe in a year's time we can talk about it
1: maybe in a year's time someone (laughs) remind us um oh like romeo sucks here's the thing here's the answer to the question we're both fucking okay (laughs) <laughs> yeah okay that's fair is that the answer you <laughs> wanted Malcolm you sick fuck well I think that's better than <laughs> nobody like, wants nothing... to be known as Benvolio
0: but also nobody wants to be Romeo he's the worst he's a oh, teenage boy who wants to be a teenage boy
1: and Mercutio isn't good either like no, nobody is someone you want to align yourself with in this play mm-hmm. 100% no no
0: no No. okay moving on
1: moving on um he said i enjoyed the wording of this i request a quick update on the white chris power rankings after that (laughs) fiasco pine is my boy but reword the white chris power rankings because that's real close to just saying white power
0: (laughs) (laughs) just the the four conventionally attractive hollywood chrises
1: yes um pine always number one
0: which fiasco are we talking about now? Because, yeah, Pine is, like, even more number one now than he was, like, a week ago. Because all of that nonsense that's going on with that movie.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Love every minute of it. Don't know what's happening. Don't understand anything. I think it's all, like, it's crazy.
1: Loving it. Can't wait to see this film. And, and what it's a fucking be hot mess it's gonna be. Can't fucking and Chris,
0: wait. And Chris Pine is just, like, above all of it.
1: Yeah. He's and just
0: beyond everything,
1: above and beyond his dissociating photos, his <laughs> vehement disagreement with rumors that he was spit on by Harry Styles, just like mm-hmm. just loving the whole fucking thing. But yes, we've always been Pine Number One. I believe I called him the Thinking Man's Chris or the mm-hmm. Thinking Woman's Chris one time. Mm-hmm. He's he's always going to be Numero Uno over here, and Pratt's always going to be at the bottom.
0: Oh, yeah, and especially now that Chris Pratt, who doesn't want to be called Chris Pratt anymore. CP? He doesn't, to, he doesn't want people to call him Chris. And I'm like, well, bro, your name's Chris. Like, I'm sorry, but...
1: I'm sure your wife doesn't call you Pratt.
0: Yeah, or CP.
1: No way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, oh, no, I, think rankings, I think the rankings... I I think the rankings are still the same. I mean, I think, like, honestly, I think it's Pine Evans, Hemsworth... Pratt, I think Pratt, that's yeah. like n- unchanged. Um, because Chris Evans just seems like he seems like a pretty down to earth kind of guy. Uh, every once in a while on his Instagram story, he posts like a picture of clouds, and I'm like, Yeah, me too, man. I get you. Like, it's it's <laughs> fine, you know. Me too. Like, it's just
1: I too love clouds,
0: yeah. Like, it's just but that's the thing, he just seems like a normal person who like loves clouds, whereas like other famous people on their Instagram stories, will be like, "Duh, check out this supplement. Like, it's just, it's very yeah. annoying. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, Chris Evans just doesn't seem to be like that, and I'm convinced that Chris Pine still has a flip phone.
1: So. I think he said he, he, oh no, that was an old interview, but I do remember him saying that he, like, committed to it, and he loved it, because it was just, like. Yeah. It was so, such a brick, right? You couldn't do anything on it, and he just, like. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a dude who fucking gets it. Um, oh, do
0: you know what? As I was just thinking of something. Do you know what I did watch, which I've already told you about, but I just want to say it out loud on here. Uh, in August, I went to go see the three uh, Nolan Batman movies in IMAX. Yes. Um, Back to back to back, which I haven't watched them back to back to back in a very, very long time. Um, the Dark Knight Rises is much better than I think people give it credit for. I think because they compare it to The Dark Knight, I get where people are upset with it. It's a very good movie. The opening sequence in the plane is absolutely fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Um, the soundtrack is great.
1: I think it's, it's so good. The ranking of the movies is 2-3-1, to be honest.
0: Oh, oh, see, I really, really love Batman Begins. I do too. Because it's also very good. It, they're, they're so good. Like, all three of them are just, they're so good.
1: They're so good. But in the first one, you can, I think the third act really falls apart. In the first one
0: but yeah whatever. i think it's a little bit sloppy yeah that's true it's, it's a fair point i think it's a bit sloppy but like yeah riva and i went to see it in the imax it's Hells world of science and we spent all day the first one started at three thirty, and the last one finished like at midnight um so we took a picnic <laughs> because we like had snacks in between and stuff because we had there's little breaks in between um which was nice and it was great and then the next night i went to see interstellar also on the imax uh um, so when we went to see the Batmans, uh, at the end of the Dark Knight, when, uh, Gordon gives the speech to his son about why Batman's running, yes. um, and when he says, like, he's a watchful pr- protector, a Dark Knight, and then, then the music kind of, you know, well, crescendos yeah. and then stops on the drum, um, both Reeve and I kind of, like, gasped, and I was like, I almost had tears in my eyes, Yeah, it's... which I've never felt that before. Um, and then watching The Dark Knight Rises at the end, like, I wept at the end. Like, I was just, like, it was, it was a lot going on.
1: There's a lot um, of catharsis at the end of that one, though. There like, really, it's, really is. it's, quite the release. It's a very tense movie yes. overall. And when you well, get the catharsis, it's, it's quite powerful.
0: When, the one thing in The Dark Knight Rises that I find, like, I think they did a remarkable job of retooling what their plan was after Heath Ledger died. Yes, Because it's very clear that they left the Joker open-ended so that, like, he was going to come back. Like, that's very, very evident in the way that the Dark Knight ends.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Because all you see is him being taken into custody. You don't see anything else. You see them, like, reeling him in on the rope that he's, like, tied up on, and that's it. You You don't see him again. And so it's very clear that that was part of the plan. And I think they did a really good job of turning taking that storyline away and it didn't feel choppy or anything. It wasn't like no. all of a sudden like, Oh no. Cause they didn't set it all up. It was just very clear that that was the, the continuation. But yeah. I also do think that the plan all along was to bring Ra's al Ghul back like in that, you know, or the, the legacy of, of the league of shadows back anyway. Um, because yeah, I just, i I feel like that was part of the intention too. So I think they did a really good job at that scene, that fight scene between, um, Batman and Bane down underneath Wayne Enterprises Ooh. is so brutal. And the fact that yep. there's no music and it's just the, this like...
1: Crunch just, and mush. Yes, and,
0: and this this soul of this man being beaten out of him. It is hard to watch.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Like, in a way that lots of like comic book movie fights are not difficult to watch, that one is really, really hard to watch. And they do such a good job of showing, you know, just how broken down... Bruce is at that point in time and that's the moment of course where you see Catwoman realize that she fucked up big.
1: Yes. Absol- and it's well, nice yeah
0: that she has that moment because then you know she'll be back later on.
1: Yeah. She's that's what I appreciate about these films is that and sometimes the Marvel films there's just so much going on in them and so many characters that you really don't get solid character arcs. And or just straight up storylines with everyone in it. And it really feels like the Nolan ones, you, you get those quite significantly. Mm -hmm. Like other than, of course, the um, ambiguity of the ending with the Joker, but obviously that was out of their control, but it, but it doesn't make the Dark Knight Rises feel unfinished,
0: right? Like, no, not, And the Dark Knight doesn't feel unfinished either.
1: No, no. Um, yeah, it's... In fact, I would say too long!
0: <laughs> well, yeah. Um, but no, it was it was so good to see. And it was funny, too, because we were there all day. And so we were... Th- I don't know if anyone else was there for all three of them. I couldn't tell. But there was only about 20, 25 people maybe there for Batman Begins. And to see it on, like, the IMAX and stuff is really good.
1: Yeah, totally. Because uh, it's
0: so well shot. Like, it's just so, so, so well made. And then it was full for Dark Knight, like full, full, full. And then Dark Knight Rises, there weren't quite as many people, but it was, I would say probably three quarters full.
1: Yeah, that's great. And it's then on Saturday, like I went, to
0: do. oh, it was amazing. It was then that whole weekend, it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they did like a Nolan festival. Um, and so then on the Saturday, I went to see Interstellar and I went with Friend and I was like, okay, so I'm going to cry in these three spots. Um, <laughs> I'm going to tear up twice and you can't make fun of me. And he was like, okay. Uh, And I did. I just like, I I knew because I've seen it so many times that I know like what the trigger point is. And when I do it in class, I always just get up and leave. (laughs) So I don't have to watch (laughs) it. But I also like don't pay attention anymore when I'm watching in class because I can do work while it's on because I've seen it so many times that it doesn't matter. But yeah, I knew exactly where I was going to cry and I was 100% correct. Fucking love Um, it. It was so good. It was so good on the big screen, like as a visually as like a visual journey, man. Oh, oh, gorgeous! Like when that little when the Endurance is like floating through space there, like in front of Saturn and stuff. Oh my oh. god, they're so incredible.
1: Seriously, that that's a shot I think of. I'm so glad you said because that was literally the shot that's gonna stick with me for the rest of my life. How fucking gorgeous that thing is! Oh, with that and then score that sequence.
0: Oh. oh. And then that sequence with, like, the docking sequence after yes, Dr. Manifel That was the second thing I was
1: gonna <gasps> say! Because,
0: like, I watch it at work on my smart board, which is, like, a lot bigger than my TV, right? And the sound I have is better on my computer. Like, I've got pretty good speakers and stuff in there. So it's not bad. But, like, to see it on that giant, giant screen and you feel the music, like, pounding in your chest and stuff, like, oh, man, it's just... It's incredible. It was so, so, so good.
1: <sighs> it was a very it.
0: good way to spend a weekend. <laughs>
1: Hell yeah. Like, what a fucking weekend. Like, I planned to
0: to come back from my trip the night before, as soon as I found out when I was going to come back on, like, the Saturday, and then I was like, nope, come back on the Thursday, because I would like to go and watch these movies.
1: Fuck yeah. Best choice ever. Pretty much. I got two other cues.
0: Okay, and I've got a couple uh, from our good friend Mike, who's, uh, yeah, trying to stir up trouble again.
1: Oh god. Okay, this is Malcolm's last one, and then I've got one from Larissa. Um no that was when I helped him freestyle a slam poem. Okay. The queen has left you something in her will, what would you want it to be? Oh Um
0: All of the overseas territories so I could give them back. I think.
1: I don't... Well, I guess they used to fucking (laughs) give out land as personal gifts, so... Yeah. Fucking, there's a precedent for it, that's for sure. Yeah. But,
0: like, if we're talking something like like a material sort of possession, I'll just take a castle. Like, whatever. Just pick one.
1: Fair. I feel like they come with a lot of challenges. I feel like Mm -hmm. the upkeep... The upkeep cost wouldn't quite make it worthwhile yeah but can i sell it exactly megan right exactly that's why i'm asking for that gold horse drawn carriage i'm gonna sell (laughs) it to some Saudi prince and take (laughs) that money um
0: yeah love it yeah that's good i like it um, before you ask your next question, how do you feel about Prince Charles being on our money now?
1: well, the question is, <sighs> you know how, how long, how long will I... it take them? I'm sure they've got plans for this because they oh, have of course they it's do their job. Um, I think it's going to be a very limited time though, Megan. I um, mean,
0: his mother lived to be 96 and his father lived to be 99 and his one grandmother lived to be a 102. I feel like it might not be limited.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but... I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see. However, I... I don't know. I think it's hard hard to comprehend because she's been with... Well, she was with us her whole lives, and it was like... Mm -hmm. I understand why it's such a hard thing for the UK right now, because during all the fucking tumultuous shit that they've had over the past 80 years. Like, it was always her, you know? There was Mm -hmm. always one person that was stable, and you could look to, and it was always the same. So, I understand why it's really challenging, but... I feel like we... Mm -hmm. We don't have that same cultural attachment to our money. (laughs) No, it's true. When was the last time you had cash? Um,
0: well, we do, like, hockey pools and stuff at work, and the guy that organizes them only takes cash, so then, basically.
1: <laughs> God, I haven't, um, I haven't paid with or seen cash in, nay, two years, I bet. Yeah.
0: I've got a $50 bill that's been in my wallet since before the pandemic started, so, yeah, Fucking
1: I frame it. Put it in a safe deposit box.
0: I could just put it in the bank. <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> no haven't. Um but it's interesting because we were talking about it yesterday cuz we got the notification like the the Apple News notification popped up on my phone with about 10 minutes left in my block 2 class it was my grade 12s. And they were like oh my god the queen was the queen's dead and it was just a really interesting thing and you know so then we were talking um today cuz I wasn't at school yesterday afternoon so I didn't get part of that conversation but we were talking today at lunch about how like the queen as a a figure is much more um popular than the monarchy itself mm. in and and there's like there's a lot of reasons for that i think um but when you say like the queen right like everybody knows who you're talking about there's other queens and there's other you know but everybody knows like that's who you're talking about um and so it'll be interesting to see how the monarchy is able to sort of adapt to the loss of its figurehead
1: yeah because charles because is not well loved
0: no no I mean, I texted, I mean, the thing that, the, the thing that I sent you on, um, on Instagram from writers, like his first speech or whatever, it was just when he first started talking, I was like, oh my God, is this the Christmas day voice now? Like, you know, yeah. like there's just so many things about it that I was just like, oh, this stinks. Yeah. Um, he sucks. I mean, she wasn't going li- to, wasn't going to live forever. He no. wasn't going to live forever. Although I do think it would be incredibly funny. Like absolutely hysterical if he died in like a week.
1: A hundred percent, like like for the it would be so time, funny. I would have bet a thousand dollars that he was going to die before her, and then it would go to William just because he fucking deserved it. You know what I mean? Yes,
0: I was hoping. I was hoping for him to die, and then for the queen to be like, "Oh, thank God!" and then die like the next day. <laughs> yeah, oh, and just be like, this fucking kiss, yes, <laughs> just done with it. <laughs> uh- <laughs> Cause I just yeah I just there's something about that 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 I feel would just be like very very fitting. Cause yeah like Charles he just sucks like it's just he really sucks. And anyway, like, Camilla
1: is the queen consort now. Just think about mm-hmm.
0: that. Just I know. fucking
1: think about that. It it makes me want to throw up.
0: So I found this Twitter thread today talking about all of this, which was very very funny. Um, and it was after Charles announced that he was going to be King Charles III. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then this guy just went on and he's like, a Charles on the throne, Catholicism coming back, Britain facing a weakened parliament, baby, the spirit of 1670 is back.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna say, that's not a great name, legacy to go with, like, Elizabeth had quite the Elizabeth to live up to, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Charles is fucking yeah that charles
0: yeah like was the that one the was beheaded. that was
1: yeah exactly. the, one,
0: the first one was beheaded and the second one was exiled so yes yeah. <laughs> so like the, the bar is so Cromwell, low
1: well charles oh fuck. yes
0: the bar is so incredibly low Ooh. as long as he doesn't get beheaded or exiled he's done a better job
1: <laughs> we'll see we'll fucking see
0: but yeah in this in this thread it just went on this guy's talking about like Uh, English regnal names. Like, Philip would have been nice, though a bit ironic. Uh, Couldn't go with Arthur. Nothing wrong with George. I mean, apart from, you know, the German vibes. Um, And then just, like, carrying on, carrying on. And then the guy realizes that it's going to go Charles and then William and then George. And this is absolutely wild. But then he says here... I mean, we got two popes alive at the same time, a Charles on the British throne, a plague ravaging the world, war in Eastern Europe. I mean, like, let's let's just get someone fighting over the throne of Naples, and we can get a little thing going.
1: <laughs> get a little <laughs> thing going. That reminds <laughs> me of the and a secret third thing meme that's happening now too. Mm-hmm. Very good.
0: Very very good stuff. Uh, anyway, yeah. So that's that's what's going to happen. It's going to be some interesting times, I guess.
1: I mean. Reckon at this point, give it to me, you know? Yeah,
0: I'm ready for (sighs) it.
1: Larissa says, You have two nights in a hotel. Where are you going?
0: Regina. (laughs) (laughs) Sven. Um. Um, there's a really nice, like, place up by Prince Albert on, uh, like, right oh, in Moscow. Oh, it's beautiful. It's very expensive. It's very, very nice. It's, like, a nice little resort. Um, okay, two nights in a hotel. This is a really dumb question. Well, it's not a dumb question. Sorry, Larissa. It's not a dumb question. <laughs> but to go anywhere, like, really far for two nights is dumb.
1: Yes. So you're right? not going out of, let's say, two time zones. Okay, I'm gonna
0: go, like, honestly, probably go stay at, like, the Rimrock in, like, their best room.
1: Oh, shit, yeah, that sounds fab. Like, I've never or stayed go to to the like, Bam Springs or, like, Lake Louis. Like, I've never stayed in those fancy yeah, places. Yeah,
0: so I've stayed at the JPL. I stayed there one time because I had a hotels.com, like, free night that was in the aftermath of Riva and my trip across the continent. Oh, yes. And because we booked hotels in American dollars, but it gave me rewards in Canadian dollars, I benefited greatly from that. Um, and I ended up being able to... Stay at the Jasper Park Lodge for... They also had a deal. It was, like, in spring break, so it was, like, really, really cheap. I stayed two nights at the JPL for just over $200. The JPL, though, is
1: not great.
0: It's not great, but, like, it's not bad. And in that time of year, like, it was it was pretty nice. And I went out and took a bunch of really fun pictures and whatever. So I was able to do that for, like, 200 bucks. Um, But the same, weekend, yeah. the same weekend, the same Banff, the cheapest I could get it, like, out of the Rimrock or Banff Springs was, like... 350 like it was a considerable discount so i did that so i'd say yeah somewhere like the rimrock or like the empress in victoria or like one of those kind of like nice really fancy places but yeah no more than two time zones because like that seems silly for just two nights
1: agreed agreed love those ideas i was thinking like maybe going somewhere i've never been that's not too far away i was like you know maybe chicago like what what kind of night can you or what kind of trip can you have like maybe two nights three days sort of thing somewhere that's not too far away but yeah that sounds good to me even like the empress in victoria would be fantastic
0: mm-hmm. or like even like the fort Garry in winnipeg is a really nice hotel like you know just to be to stay somewhere that's really really nice and if you can get like room service and whatever like i think that would be i think that would be a okay
1: 100 percent. what this is not where i thought this question would go i, lo- I love these answers fantastic okay i'm out of questions
0: Okay, um, I have a question from Librarian Mike. The, the first one, it was, what is the better Edmonton-Calgary comparison? Springfield and Shelbyville or Pawnee and Eagleton? <laughs> it's a good well, question. Well,
1: here's the thing. Calgarians definitely perceive themselves as better as Edmontonians. So I mm-hmm. think the Pawnee-Eagleton one is very much it.
0: I think it is, too. Um... I think that's probably the better comparison, but I think both cities think of themselves as Eagleton. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's the problem. I think both cities think of themselves as Eagleton and can all agree that uh, Red Deer is Pawnee.
1: I think Red Deer is Shelbyville, for
0: sure. Yeah, yeah, that seems fair. Um, No, you're right about the the Calgary thing. And it's funny, so I was just in Calgary last weekend for a wedding, and most of the friends that were there are from Calgary, uh, and we didn't get into it. Too, too much. But every once in a while, I want to hang out with like my Calgary Twitter pals. That like it turns into this thing, and some of the friends in the group uh, have this habit of calling Edmonton dirt city, and it makes me incredibly angry.
1: What?
0: Um, Because Edmonton is lovely. It's a very pretty it place. It is.
1: It's a. I. Calgarians are wrong. Megan, <laughs> Calgarians are wrong. Calgary fucking well, sucks. So when I went to, city, well, and Edmonton when I went for brunch superior. on,
0: on Monday with my friend, we were talking kind of about that. And one of the things that he said, like he's been in Calgary now for quite a long, I don't know, 15 years, probably, um, maybe more than that. Anyway, he's been down in Calgary for a long time. And, um, he, we were talking about the sort of the perception and stuff. And one of the things that he said that he likes about going back to Edmonton is how green it is, like in the spring and summer and into the fall. Yeah. Because he's like, yeah, cause in the wintertime you get snow and it stays. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, because we don't have Yeah. And so it's like, like Edmonton's a pretty city. Like, it's very nice. The River Valley is gorgeous. Um, and when you drive into Calgary, it's just like, I don't know how to explain it. Especially now that there's the Ring Road. Yeah. It just feels like, because when you come, when you're coming north on Highway 2 into Edmonton, you can see downtown from like the far, far south end of the city.
1: Yeah, well, you can see Calgary from Crossfield, like, because there's fucking nothing in the way. But it's, it's like, here's what it is. It's like driving in Los Angeles. Okay, yeah. It's it's concrete. It's concrete, concrete, concrete. It's big wide spaces, but everything is cramped somehow. Yeah. And it takes fucking forever to get anywhere, and you have to drive everywhere all the time. It's like Los Angeles. It sucks. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, I just, yeah, it it annoys me when my friends call Edmonton Dirt City because I don't think that's true. Um, No,
1: that's absolutely not true.
0: There are really nice places in Calgary. There's really nice neighborhoods and stuff. Like, I think that there's lots more, especially the closer you get to the center of the city, lots more stuff that's, like, super walkable and, like... Yeah. Much more so than Edmonton. I really like that part of it. Mm -hmm. But, eh. I don't know. I think you're partial to where you live, and you honestly truly cannot beat, like, the River Valley. I do like being able to see the mountains, like right all the time that'd be great and to be like an hour away but I think Edmonton's better
1: yeah I liked our like did you ever visit my previous neighborhood in Calgary that was like on the edge of the city you could like we would walk like on the street you could see the mountains did you ever go no. there no no I that, don't know that so. that that part of town was great and then we moved and as <laughs> Chris's grandmother told us very like passive-aggressively on FaceTime when we were showing her, like, oh, this is the house that we bought, blah, blah, blah. She's like, oh, is that Mountain View? Shame, you're facing the wrong direction. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's a big perk if you got it, but there's not a lot of areas in Calgary where it happens, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, 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 it was just interesting, like, I don't know. I mean, I go to Calgary more often than, like, my pals come to Edmonton, which is, you know, whatever. Um... But sometimes I'm just like, maybe you guys should come up once in a while.
1: Yeah. It's I, great. Especially
0: like August, September. Oof. The man, best. Best time best of year. The best
1: time. That in yeah. June. May and June. Yeah. Come on.
0: Yeah. All like the festival things going on. Like it's a really, I mean, it's, we're embracing it as a winter city much more than we used to, but like we're a summer yeah. city for sure. Totally. And it's great. Um, But yeah, I think both of us think that we are Eagleton um, and the other place is Pawnee. So yeah. the other uh, question from Librarian Mike is this. Is Aaron Judge the greatest 99 in sports history? (laughs) And I'm going to say yes, because I never liked Wayne Gretzky. Oh boy. A spicy one. It's not even controversial. He knows. He knows his audience. He knows what's happening here.
1: (laughs) Yes, he sure does.
0: Um, Also, Aaron Judge has uh, matched like 55 home runs so far this year and is on pace to break the... Yankees at least uh single season record so uh let's have that happen
1: Mickey Mantle and what's his name one
0: Roger Maris yeah
1: Roger Maris that's
0: the one yeah yeah Roger Maris Mickey Mantle had 60 and Maris hit 61 61. and it was like a big old thing and then yeah Judge has 55
1: that's great good for him I hope he gets it he seems like a good seems like a good
0: dude he really, honestly, he really does. And he- and if he's not, he keeps it very quiet. Like there, yeah. you cannot find out any information about him. And I'm very okay with that.
1: And like, good for him. He's, he's yeah. playing it smart. He's doing his, yeah. he's doing, doing his, his thing. Um,
0: yeah. So that's all I have for questions.
1: Yeah, I don't have any more.
0: Oh, I do have a would you rather. Not a would you rather, but like an either or. Hang on.
1: Oh, okay. It's oh, like yeah, a fall version. Oh yeah, I a list of a hundred and we went long <laughs>
0: um, okay so I have this this like this like a this or that essentially okay um, okay it's all fall version of stuff okay this or that hot chocolate pumpkin spice latte uh,
1: I don't drink coffee so I guess hot chocolate
0: okay uh, I would say hot chocolate too because I don't like pumpkin spice lattes um corn maize or pumpkin patch
1: corn what's a pumpkin patch you just go I've
0: I guess, I don't know, pumpkin? I would say a corn maze Yeah,
1: a corn maze I guess It's at least got a purpose to it Yeah, there's something to do uh, Pumpkin pie
0: or apple pie, obviously I know your answer
1: Pumpkin um,
0: Yeah, I. it depends If it's like uh, pumpkin pie Made with pie filling from a can I'm going to say a big old no But if it's like
1: legit, made from yeah. scratch
0: Then yes uh, Candles or fairy lights
1: Order are fairy lights?
0: Like the little uh, LED lights on the string Like the little tiny ones
1: Oh, candles. Duh. Okay.
0: Okay. Uh, warm blankets, cozy sweaters.
1: Blanket.
0: Uh-huh. I'm so excited. It's cold enough. It's been cold enough to last, like, three minutes. i got to put another blanket on my bed. Oh, man.
1: I know, Megan. It's sweater weather.
0: Time of my life. Tomorrow's going to be 27 degrees, so it's not sweater weather tomorrow, but... Yeah, uh, it's supposed to
1: be 30 here.
0: <laughs> yeah, real stoked. I'm stoked about another nice warm weekend, though. Just one last one, and just then one just, last. like, ease into fall. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, rainy nights or foggy mornings? Love a foggy morning. I do too, and I was thinking about a foggy morning but like that's not cloudy.
1: Yes. Yes. Because then when the sun
0: comes up in the fog oof, it's magnificent. Love it. Uh Halloween or Thanksgiving.
1: Now that I have a baby, I'm much more into Halloween. It's just so fun to dress up a baby into like a family costume that just gets silly. That seems like to be silly nowadays. Now Um, that you have a child. Yeah, and for Thanksgiving, my husband's like, yeah, I booked a locum somewhere, and I was like, well, fuck me, I guess. (laughs) 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 Uh, So I'll say Halloween. You're going to choose Thanksgiving, though.
0: I'm going to choose Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the greatest holiday of all time for like a million reasons. There's no religious component to it. No. There's no expectation of presents. Correct. It doesn't have to be an all-day thing. Correct. Uh, and if you do Thanksgiving properly, you have your dinner on Sunday, and then you have Monday off to so yeah, you just you do. do nothing. And you and it's good food. It's yep. like the it's like the good parts of a Christmas dinner without the turkey. Hell yeah! Uh, it's everything is great about Thanksgiving. Love it, love every minute of it. And if you're lucky, there's no snow yet. Whatever, it's not too cold. You can be outside. Like all of the good things. It's the best. Um, two more. Uh, would you rather read a book or watch a movie? in this like you know transition into fall
1: oh oh um oh god i don't know is the fall how is fall connected to those things just like being inside more
0: i guess so yeah i would say for me like read a book i would like to curl up with an open window under a blanket book cup of tea
1: yeah that's what i would like to do i guess so i'm i'm I know this is really going to fucking haunt me in February, but I am enjoying how it's getting a little bit darker earlier. That's, that's a nice cozy thing right now.
0: It is. And the sun's coming up a little bit later too. Like it's noticeable. Um, and then, uh, obviously this is an easy one for you. i more, maybe you don't like either because I know you don't drink coffee, but coffee or apple cider. I wouldn't say apple cider.
1: Oh, I don't like either. They're both gross. Hot drinks are gross and everyone who likes them is wrong.
0: Incorrect, but Okay
1: nope
0: (laughs) that's fine um that's fine you can be wrong too um we're both
1: eagleton okay
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i'm gonna leave you with a thought i read this on an instagram post and i sent it to one of my single male friends i was like i need you to tell me if this is true or not uh the average single male changes his sheets just four times a year according to a 2013 survey just gonna leave you with that thought for a second my yeah. buddy was like no he's like he's like at most every like our at, at like the longest is he says every two weeks like at least at least every two weeks and I was like okay fair enough that's manageable
1: I know but is he, is he like an average guy what well, my so
0: I sent the picture and I was like please tell me that you're above average and that was oh all I said. Knowing that the way that it works on Twitter is that you see the text before the photo, so if like you get the alert, the photo never shows up in the message. Right. Uh, <laughs> so that was really. <laughs>
1: that's all it's I, I like, said. Whoa!
0: And he was like, "No, no." He's like, "At he's at least every two weeks, if not more often." Okay. And he's like, "But also, he showers right before he goes to bed every day."
1: Oh, gotcha. So, well, see, that's what I mean. I don't know if yeah. this guy applies here.
0: I'm not sure either. But I just needed to know that there was at least one person I knew out there who uh, was not changing their sheets every three months. Oh,
1: yikes. Because
0: if I was changing my sheets every three months, that would be, like, mm, time for some help.
1: Totally. That's like, okay, <laughs> someone's having a depressive episode. We yeah, need to Yeah, that's, get that's a little spiral. Right, quick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, anyway, I just, I read that. It's, like, it was from the Uberfax, uh, Instagram, and I was just, like, Whoa! gross.
1: Ugh, that Uberfax Instagram is so misleading. It's such a pile of shit. <laughs> anyway.
0: Anyway. There we go. Uh, that's all we have for this month. We did uh, it! We talked a long time.
1: Yay! I'm dancing. Uh, I'm dancing. Oh. We did it. We're good for a month. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, our next one, hopefully we'll figure it out to be in person, because I think that would be fun. If we can, uh...
1: If we, we can, can figure it. that out, yes. If you're yeah. thinking you're gonna be here a little earlier for Mulaney or after or whatever, we gotta do it for sure.
0: Yeah. No. I we have I have a symphony ticket on the Friday night, but I can come down early Saturday. Superb. No, no plans otherwise. So yeah, we should do it in person because it'll be fun and we can like laugh at each other's uh, attempts not to laugh, which is like the best part of this. Hell yeah. Uh, also, I was making a joke about Jamie Ben today.
1: Like, oh not really. I was, I was
0: talking about the Jamie Ben jokes. So I wasn't making one because it had to. Anyway, I'll send you the screenshot. It made me laugh. And I was so I looked up on Twitter, like you know, my username, and then um, Jamie Ben, and I found one a reference to the podcast from like long time ago when you guys were still in the apartment. Oh um, my god! When when I think Mike asked a question about like uh if Jamie Benn would like would enjoy Taste of Edmonton or something and I can't remember what I said and we just it was like our first like nighttime podcast and we just about died
1: you said something about no because it comes in a box
0: yeah I have to eat out of a box or whatever and you you were just like we were both so punchy because you were like we were both still teaching and like it was just an absolute mess of a day oh Oh, I want to go back and listen I want to go back and listen to that
1: those were the good times, Megan. Those were the good times.
0: Lots Stay of fun. Old anyway, pony boy. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all we have for this week. Um, something something. Look for us on the internet. Find us at Garbage Fire Podcast all over the place. All right. And uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, as always, uh, thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the dumpster.